Hello and welcome to the One Up Pod, your monthly fix of a deep dive into a video game you know and love. Uh, this month we're taking a look at the terrifying, the deadly, the amazing Spider-Man for PS4. With Fisk behind bars, what's next? And the city's safer than ever. Maybe Peter Parker can have more of a life. Maybe the city needs our friend more than you think. Anyone else need a breather? Terrifying and deadly. <laughs> it's from the the film. It's Bruce Campbell's line when he's introduced. Okay. Him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I am your gracious host for this month. My name is Chip Thompson. Um, I'm basically the Peter Parker of the group, um, and I'm joined by our <laughs> shut up, my very own uh, J Jonah Jameson, Andy. No, I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets better. Uh, we have our Aunt May, Becky. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and finally, Bash, who is the shocker. <laughs> well, this is off to a great start. I thought you yeah. were going to say Venom or like Eddie Brock or something. but Nope. <laughs> I went with the shocker. Does that mean I can call you Herman from that one? No. Okay. Um, as ever, we kick off the episode with a brief look at what we've been playing this month. Um, so I guess I'll go first since I'm the host and I have that power today. So uh, I recently finished a couple of games, actually, since we last podded. Uh, I finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which I liked very much. It's probably the weakest story of the newest trilogy, um, but it has the best literal Tomb Raiding uh, of all of them. And I also finished uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which I spent a lot of the time hating for the start. And then slowly it kind of won me around because it has a couple of things that does like really well like really really well so yeah mixed bag with that one and then since then i've gone back to play dishonored which was a game i played way back in the day absolutely loved like it's one of my favorite games but i never played the second one so now i'm replaying the first so i can finally get to the second one and then have a very nice time <laughs> doing that <laughs> andy what about you what have you been playing well i, I am actually playing dishonored too <gasps> oh my like, i've God. already started on it but the the game that I've recently played that I really wanted to talk about is um, called Adios. It's an indie game by developer Mischief. It's about an aging pig farmer who had a sideline in disposing dead bodies for the mob, and he decides he wants out of the business. And he you basically spend all day like with a hitman, and he's trying to talk you into staying, and you just do little tasks. They're like choice based, like story, I mean dialogue choices, and you just kind of go about your day until you reach the end of the day when the hitman's going to come back and visit you. And it's just, it's a really interesting game. It's kind of janky in places because it's a, an indie, but it's like beautifully written and like really great performances. Uh, it's a bit expensive for what price tag because it's about an hour long, but I, I didn't regret it because there's like s some movies don't even satisfy me as much as like an hour of that game did. It's, it's really good. If you like interactive dramas, then I definitely re recommend it. I mean, you sold me with the, on the, the premise with just the first line. You're a pig farmer who disposes bodies for the mafia. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I'm, that's, that's totally me. I mean, you're, you're a pig, pig farmer. farmer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I <laughs> should. Hey, 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 I have never farmed a pig in my life. That doesn't surprise me. 
I feel like in two episodes you're making a lot of claims about yourself. Last month it was Batman, but it's cosplay Batman. Now we've had cosplay Spider Man. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am Spider Man, so I need to post cosplay some pictures Spider-Man. actually of me being actually Batman and Spider Man, so people can understand. Cosplay, cosplay Batman, <laughs> and cosplay Spider Man. And also, not a pig farmer, nor are you a mob cleanup guy. I, I never claimed to be a pig farmer or a mob cleanup guy. I said I would like to be in that game. Neither I've never cosplayed as a pig farmer who gets rid of bodies for the that, mafia that's either. That's weird. So. You'd feel like somebody would request that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, we're having a party. Can, do, uh, can you be a pig farmer that gets rid of dead bodies for the mob? Hey, first comic con after I lockdown, I'm there. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Bash, what have you been playing this past month? I have been playing Thimbleweed Park. I platinumed it, as, as we know I'm one to do. Um, and I conclude that um, point-and-click games are not for me, I don't think. Mm. I think because I'm really bad at them. <laughs> or the game is not a good example of a point-and-click, but it has a huge cult following, so I think I think I'm the problem, which is fine. Um, there's just an awful lot of the case. back and forth. It's usually, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, love you. Um, there's a lot of back and forth in the tasks. I personally don't love it when in a, in a game you have one character that does something and then hands it to another character even though it wouldn't make sense. It, but, you know, because it's the only character that can do the thing. Just because it's got, like, FBI people and stuff and then you've got like civilians that have to get the fingerprint dust together to give to the fbi agents i don't know it just i enjoyed it ish i would never have been able to finish it if i'd not used a walkthrough like i would have been stuck for hours and i'm glad it's done and i've deleted it off my playstation and it can't hurt me anymore (laughs) i will say like i've played a lot of point and click games and from what i've seen of thimbleweed park it doesn't look like a great example of it it looks like a lot of filler and padding and illogical choices and yeah i don't think it's you i just think that's a bad game to enter into Mm. there is a part of me that believes that if you weren't playing these point and clicks in the 90s you know the proper like hardcore ones yes i think coming to them in the modern day is really tough like i've tried to do that and go back and play and play a few of them and i'm just like i'm dumb i don't understand what i'm doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep um it also does an awful lot of referencing um, it's very meta, very um, referential as well to like 80s things. Not to the Ready Player One degree, <laughs> but impossible. like not far <laughs> off. No, no game could possibly fit that many things. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself, Becky? What have you been playing? Uh, so I have been replaying Fallout 4. Um, I, so I'd never completed it or got very far last time I had a go, but... I don't know, it just sort of took my fancy, because um, I'm going through a bit of a, I don't know what I feel like playing, there aren't any new games out that I want to have a go at, so I've just, there's something quite comforting about a Bethesda game, I'm just sort of like wandering around, accidentally stealing things, um, <laughs> <laughs> just doing like little quests here and there, something you can dip in and out of, so yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. That's kind of the, the plus of those games. I think you can just dip in and out of them, you know, like I think the reason I never finished New Vegas is because I tried to play it in one go and it's like a million hours long. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of got a bit bored by that game in the end. I wanted to play something new and then just never went back to it. So I think, yeah, I think that's a good like placeholder, you know, until you find something that's really going to grab you. Yeah, exactly. And you can just, yeah, like you said, dip in and out, do silly things and go hunting for ridiculous things and 
get radiation yeah. poisoning, that kind of thing. You know, yeah, standard. <laughs> you can have you can make your own fun in those type of games. Exactly. Yeah, just go around and just murder towns with your quick save ability. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Is that just me? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're on a podcast of a sociopath. <laughs> no, it's so that before we be the person who like gets who creates the dead bodies as well as the person who gets rid of them. Is that what you're hey, saying? Hey, I have yeah. never been a pig farmer. Okay, I'd like that on the record. Officially, never been a pig farmer. In what is becoming uh, a regular feature, maybe, uh, Andy, our resident gamey historian and scholar. There you go. See, J- Jonah James at the start and now some nice things. I'm still cross about uh-huh. Arme, just as an episode. <laughs> Imagine how Sasha feels. Characters. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, Andy, I believe you have prepared uh, something on the history of Spider-Men games. Spider-Man games, but yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> the plural... Men, men is... the Yeah. You're doing great, Chip. You're doing great. Thank you very much. Top hosting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have actually done a bit of stuff about the stuff. I'm not a host. I don't have to be professional. It's fine. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Spider-Man's first video game outing was in 1982, the year I was born. Old man. Uh, (laughs) With the the surprisingly named Spider-Man for the Atari 2600. Not Spider-Man. No, not Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a thing, I don't think. Yeah, but, so that was by the uh, the Parker Brothers. And um, it's... Ha! Yes, very Sorry. clever. <laughs> I just enjoyed that it was by the Parker Brothers, because... Yeah, that, it, 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 there, yeah. It wasn't a joke, no. that was actually true. Let me have this. Yeah, um, so basically, like, uh, Spider-Man was already off to a better start than Batman, because his game actually felt like it was made by somebody with even a passing familiarity with the character. It was like, basically, uh, you just had to scale a building using your webbing, like, swinging and climbing, and you had to avoid and hit, like, criminals who were popping out of windows shooting at you, and you had to reach the top and disarm some bombs that the Green Goblin had set off. Uh, very basic visually, but uh, quite a compelling gameplay for the time. Uh, it came out the same year that, basically, the market crash kicked off, but out of a lot of the games that came out for Atari that year, it was actually quite well-reviewed, unlike E.T. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, E.T. Uh, yeah, um, so basically there was two years off at that point. Um, the market had finally evened out a bit, and we got our next Spider-Man game, which was a text adventure from Quest Probe. And not a lot of people probably played text adventures because they have common sense <laughs> and value their time. But I had the, the Incredible Hulk game by Quest Probe, and it took me 30 fucking years to get off the first bastard screen. Jesus. This uh, is like playing it every day. No, I, I just gave up. For, like, I think I had like a 20-year break from trying. <laughs> and then I came back, and I had to look it up online. Oh, right, so I had to bite my fucking lip. How was I supposed to know that was an option? So, yeah, the, the, I couldn't really think of a worse fit for a superhero game than a text adventure. So, kind of hit the skids there a little bit so uh it took quite there was another long break because people obviously thought oh no one likes spider-man games because that shitty text adventure didn't do very well the next game was in 1989 that was super the amazing spider-man and captain america in dr doom's revenge very long name for a not very good game (laughs) (laughs) but that year as well there was a, a weird um Weird little quirk, um, Spider-Man actually made an unlicensed appearance in Sega's Revenge of Shinobi for the Mega Drive. A what? <laughs> okay. 
So okay, I've got, it's okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the Shinobi director um, Noriyoshi Oba, he produced like he, he produced like a rough draft of all the in-game enemies that he wanted to use, but he didn't have a by his own admission he didn't have a lot of imagination, so he used existing characters as like a template, with the expectation that the game's character designer would then draw over them and create something new. Only the game's character designer either couldn't be asked or didn't get the memo, and ended up putting every single thing he put in into the game. So the original version of Avengers Shinobi had you fighting Spider-Man, Batman, Terminator, Godzilla, and Sylvester Stallone. This is the best game ever. I need to play this. Eventually, they did get the license to use Spider-Man for real in the game for for a while. Because they've obviously obviously just, you know, spent a lot of time trying to draw everybody else out and go, oh, fuck it, let's keep Spider-Man. If we can get the license to it. Is Sly Stallone, like, the final boss? Um, it's weird with the Stallone thing because he was uh, they called him Rocky that, that was his code name but he was like fashioned after Rambo but it's basically just a <laughs> Sylvester Stallone amalgamation this gets even better <laughs> so that was, that was a bit of a weird like diversion for Spider-Man but like at that point um, Spider-Man hit his stride people had worked out how to make Spider-Man games basically at that point uh, from 1989 there was at least one Spider-Man game, game released every year for 8 straight years with uh, 12 in total. He took a few years off um, before, while there was the move into the 32-bit era. Uh, he came back with Spider-Man for the PlayStation, based on the hit 90s, uh, 90s cartoon series. And that's still one of the best Spider-Man games for my money. That's the one I had, yeah. It's great. Yes, it's, it's great. That generation had like a solid run of games uh, up to the PS2 era. Went in time for the uh, Sam Raimi movies that came out. Uh, we got movie tie-ins for all of his movies, including um, Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2, which was uh, genre-defining for the time. Yes, we'll probably talk about that a lot more when we talk about the main game. But yeah, from Spider-Man 2 onwards, we had like a solid decade of Spider-Man games released, at least one a year again. Uh, there was a lot of mixed results, some solid, some uh, slightly above average, and some absolute garbage. We had tie-ins covering like every movie, and uh, even like... Uh, Original Spider-Man comics got adapted into a video game, which was also really good. Uh, there was crossovers, a bit of other characters, and we also had the Shattered Dimensions series, mm. which helped like inspire the the yeah, Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, Spider-Man basically he had a lot much more successful run in video games than Batman by this point in time. Uh, by the time of release for Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, there were 46 Spider-Man games, and I decided to work out the aggregate review score for them all. And that came to 65%, which is uh, better than Batman's. I can't remember what Batman's was, but it's better than that. So it was a series of a lot of major highs and some really bad lows, kind of dragging down the average. But overall, Spider-Man has had a pretty good history in video games. So doing better than Batman, then? Yep. Spider-Man's clowning Batman, basically. Well done, Spidey. Does that make it the best like run of superhero games? Does Spidey win that? Probably just by default, because a lot of them just don't... Yeah, Batman's the only other one that's got, like, a consistent run of video games, and he had a lot of worse luck. Yeah, I'd probably say Spider-Man's, on average, like, the best character for video games. You heard it here, folks. Spider-Man, way better than Batman. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I don't think that's what you <laughs> were saying. I mean, I am saying that, because I do think Spider-Man's better than Batman. <laughs> Me too, yay! <laughs> and I edit the show, so it's official. <laughs> So, if you haven't realised already, Marvel Spider-Man is about our web-headed friend, Spider-Man. Um, we're aware uh, 
this is the most recent game that we've covered so far in our short run of the pod. So I think I just want to say there are definitely going to be spoilers. Like we're going to be talking about everything to do with the story and all the plot points and everything like that. So if you haven't played Spider-Man, why are you here, first of all? Um, but also go yeah. play it. It's awesome. And then you can come and listen to this and have a discussion with us, so to speak. They, they, they cannot do that. Oh, well, are you banning them from that? <laughs> no, it's just, it's, they're not in, they're not, they're not in our Discord. <laughs> no, they're just not in the Discord, are they? So they can't talk but to they, us. They can tweet us. Yeah. Yeah, they can do it afterwards. <laughs> so you're, you're saying you're not Jay Jonah Jameson, is that right? They can come in here and have a discussion with us. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. You can absolutely do that. Don't do that. Released in 2018, developed by Insomniac Games and published by Sony, uh, we find Mr. Parker well established within this universe. Um, there's no origin story here, and like, thank fucking Christ, because I do not need to see Uncle Ben being shot uh, almost as much as I never to see the Waynes being gunned down in Crime Alley ever again. Just, just stop it. If you're doing any of those properties, just stop it. Sin enough. Okay, run over. Um, you learn everything about where we are in Spidey's life with just that opening pan across his apartment. Like, I really like that opening. It just sets everything up really, really nicely. You know, we find ourselves with our main antagonist being the uh, Mr. Negative, which I think is an interesting choice for that role as, you know, he's not someone who's necessarily, you don't necessarily think of him as uh, when you think about Spidey's rogue gallery. Um, and he wants to release a deadly virus in New York for revengey reasons against Mayor Norman Osborn. Um, and as Spidey, it's your job to stop this from happening. While Peter Parker lives his life, he's working for Otto Octavius and he's trying to repair his relationship with Mary J. Watson. And the story takes a lot of twists and turns along the way. And we get to the point where we end up with the Sinister Six led by Doc Ock. Um, I think for <gasps> me personally, it's one of the best Spidey stories. Uh, I, I really love it. Um, and I think what I like best about the way it's structured is it feels like it's like a year long run in the comics. Because like, it's a it's an original story as well. You know, they didn't adapt it or anything like that. Um, so for me, it's really, really great. But I want to know your favourite story beats or set pieces or things that happened. So, Becky, what are your some of, some of your favourite things from Spider-Man? I knew you were going to come to me first because mine's one of the latest, like, the later ones in the game. Okay. Because one of my We'll favorite... start at the end. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's my mentor, this bitch. Come on. <laughs> um, so one of my favourite aspects of the game is that you get to play as MJ as well as um, Spider-Man. I really love those levels. And obviously, you kind of they're very separate for a lot of the um, the story until you get to the Grand Central Station set piece. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Which is one of my favourites because you get to like the interaction with the environment, the interaction with Spider Man, um, and the two of them are having to finally like work together properly. It's a really good thematic way of like showing them slowly getting back to normal, and Peter learning to trust MJ, and MJ like finally showing Peter that she's capable of looking after herself and just all the different levels of it you can do all the stealth with spider-man later on the stealth with mj where she's like firing the the oz tech um stuff up so that she can distract the people to get spider-man to take them away i just think it's a really clever use of the space and the characters in terms of the story i do like the level where you get to tase motherfuckers as mj that's quite fun yes <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of like the stealth sections to begin with, but like as they went on, they became a lot more story and character centric. So I really liked that, especially the Grand Central one. I did like, yeah, like Becky said, I like how it evolved Peter and MJ's relationship through gameplay. It wasn't just a cutscene. You got to have like some kind of agency in their interactions. There. I quite liked that. 
and it's not like a copy and paste of all the levels as well because they're kind of similar in the way the mj stuff because you are kind of just like creeping around and trying to avoid being spotted and they they change it up a bit when you get the gadgets but yeah, yeah. i really like that one because it's quite different from the rest of them as well yeah they, they do introduce a lot of different like elements to each time they do a new stealth level which i liked stopped them from getting boring because otherwise it, w- it would have worn out its welcome very quickly. Kind of similar with um, your Miles levels, really, in that respect of it could have worn out its welcome. I, I can't actually remember now off the top of my head how many there are. And I have played like a two-thirds of the Miles Morales game, so it may be blended into one. But um, <laughs> there was just enough of different characters playing as different characters, as in Miles and MJ, that you, I think it adds a sense of, stakes like personal stakes for yes. peter and i think as well like the the threat of the um the enemies changes really considerably like when you're um miles hiding from rhino oh god it, it's pre-powers as well so it, like the, it feels a lot more terrifying because he's much more fragile and there's no way he could take this on like when you're playing as peter you're the main character but also you've got all the superpowers so you sort of okay with the fact that if the stealth doesn't work you're probably going to be able to take enemies on um straight up whereas playing as bars and mj you don't have that opportunity the game doesn't let you but also you don't have the backup to to be able to do that yeah the rhino level was quite scary because he's a big dude and he just runs at you and obviously you know the second you're caught it's just an insta fail as well so that's you know i'm slightly terrified of that happening at the same time and having to replay it but um yeah, you're really vulnerable as Miles at that point. It's uh, it's a scary moment. Uh, what about you, Andy? Have you got any uh, favourite set pieces or moments from the stories? It's like a game of two halves sort of thing, isn't it? Like you said, it feels like a, a run of comic the comics. So like the first half is Mr. Negative, who's a character I'm not that familiar with, and it kind of builds towards the Sinister Six Doctor Octopus story. And from the uh, first half, I really like the, uh, the helicopter chase sequence. Yep, I've got yes. that as well, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's kind of iconic. Yeah, I, I like the way, it, like, because it is an open world game, but that section, it's very linear, but it's not linear as it's restricting you. It just kind of focuses your attention on a clear path, and you've got to use a lot of your familiarity with, like, the city layout and all the traversal mechanics to try and get through it. It's like, by this point in the game, you should know the city well enough to be able to navigate it and expect any, like, sudden surprises around the corner. So that really adds a lot of it. It makes you feel a lot more like Spider-Man. You're, a lot, you're kind of confident and it. he's like chasing this helicopter down as it's rampaging through the city. It's basically how major set pieces should be done in like video games. It should be like a, a pressure test of everything you've learned up to that point in the game. Yeah, and I just love the way like everything just continuously like escalates. It feels like a, something from like Uncharted. Just a constant mm. like domino effect of like things going wrong and Spidey having to try to keep track, keep up with it all. It feels like a very big, like it feels like a proper Spider-Man set piece. Yeah, I've always thought that one feels really cinematic compared to some of the other set pieces. That one feels most like it could have come from like the Sam Raimi, like the Sam Raimi train sequence. It feels very mm. much yes. like akin to to that kind of uh, set piece. Speaking of the uh, Sam Raimi uh, train scene, I did like how they called back to that. Yes. After the, what was the line? Like, it worked last time. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> basically has to pull a speed instead and like just crash the train through the, the street. <laughs> Bash habit itself. I think if we're picking just favourite moments, I think I have definitely two that really stand out. I mean, first off, I would like to say that from the very get go, I was all in. From the moment that you're 
swinging around New York and you're heading to Fisk Tower, I was all in. The opening was just the perfect, like, this is what this game is going to be. And it just fit, it just clicked. The moments that really stood out to me that aren't some of the absolutely devastating ending story beats were... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to those, I'm sure. <laughs> where the bit where you see Stan Lee... Oh. Freaking loved that. Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, and especially in hindsight as well, because obviously he died like, after the game yeah. came out. Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. Oh. It you just, two were always my favourites. It just oh. felt... <laughs> it, just felt oh, it just felt so right. Like, you see him there, and I don't know, there was just, there's just something about when you see Stanley in the game that you're like, yep, they had to put him in, but they, the way they did it was just perfect. Yeah, it's such a lovely moment. It really is. And then... My actual favourite thing in terms of that combined story with also a really interesting level to me was the when Peter's been injected with Scorpion's poison. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because you, it's that inner look into Spider-Man's mind, into Peter Parker's mind. And there's just that heartbreaking line that's sort of really foretelling of how it, it ends up you're too late, just as you were too late to help me. Oh. Like, it's just the way that... Because obviously, because it's all in his mind, Dr. Rock is not there, and um, Scorpion isn't really there as such, but you you see, like, New York is crumbling in front of his eyes, and everything is crumbling, and the person that he's looked up to... But it also just introduced a really interesting way of playing the game as well. Before that, I think by the time you get to that point, you're starting to kind of do similar missions. They kind of, the story beats get a little bit predictable. Not in like a bad way. They just, they just do. I think you sort of just get into the rhythm of the game by that point. And then it throws this like trippy ass (laughs) level. Not unlike um, Scarecrow. It's a really obvious uh, comparison, but you know, the Scarecrow levels in the Arkham games that sort of really get to the inner workings of Peter's mind without having to do it with just, like, cutscenes or exposition. You get to see how it's really affecting Peter. Yeah, it's like Becky said, like, they do this amazing thing of telling the story and the journey through the gameplay as well. The opening, you're right about the opening, it's like, I mean, taking down the Kingpin is the tutorial level, (laughs) and you start just (laughs) swinging through the city, which is amazing, and then you do all this great stuff, and, like... It's the perfect way to start a game and to only, like just get you into those you know Spidey's boots, and then to have, to not just have great gameplay and a great story, but to merge the two. I think that's just one of the aspects that make the game so fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of the best told stories I've played in video games, just in terms of how it deals with the characters and the gameplay, and like like we've said that you know blending the two of them so well without with it feeling seamless as well you know you sometimes get character moments where they feel quite clunky or because they are like they're generated via a cutscene and then you have to like interact with the cutscene and you are too busy like focusing on hitting buttons and stuff rather than focusing on the story whereas because these are so well linked you can do both and it's it's entirely interchangeable yes of the recent, I think one of the things that the recent generation of games has done is really start focusing on story as the thing that propels a game forward rather than leveling up. Yeah. And yeah. this 
game. It's it's just one of my favourite things about the Spider-Man game generally. And uh, around the same time, Horizon Zero Dawn kind of did the same thing, which is that the story is clearly so important to these games that they never actually created achievements or trophies based on level. They're not. They don't have any level-gated achievements. Not that contribute to like a platinum, for instance, which <laughs> a dork like me who likes to collect them. It's <laughs> it's very nice and forgiving when a game goes. Now you don't have to play it on like superior mode. I think that is the clearest indication of anything. Where it's like, no, what matters? It's the story, as well as the gameplay that matters here. And I think it's why it's been so popular. It's really recent, so it's hard to say if it's enduring. But I mean, I know people who are still picking this up for the first time, especially over, say, the pandemic and stuff, and still really, like, just raving about it. Hello. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Aye>, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, like, you're right. It's, it's the emphasis on storytelling and character. It, I think it's such a welcome evolution for... The big sort of triple A games. Not that I don't love leveling up and things like that, but I know I'm far more invested in a game when I love the story. So, for example, Bioshock and Spider Man Horizon Zero Dawn is another great example where everything it, it feels more coherent as a an experience rather than just playing a game. Yeah, I, I love the way it like built the built like the first half of the game builds up to the. Uh... Sinister Six reveal, so it's perfectly executed. Every major character is like introduced, and like you've spent a lot of time with Doctor Octopus or Doctor uh, Octavius before mm. he turns, and then the big Riker's prison break sequence is like so well executed. Like just, it's one of my favorite uh, superhero sequences in of anything really. It's like every, there's loads of different sections. It's all uniquely built and it introduces all the new characters, the new rogues that you haven't met yet, and it keeps building and building until you get to that bit where the, the Sinister Six like uh, start attacking you and overwhelming Spider-Man. And like it's the first time you really feel like Spider-Man's like in over his head, which is one of the best parts about Spider-Man as a character. He, always, he never feels like he's on top of it. He always feels like he's kind of lagging behind a little bit. Mm. And then the gut-punch reveal of Doctor uh, Doctor Octopus, which we all knew was going to happen, but they built it so well that you kind of wished it didn't happen. And I love the way they build it in the background as well, like at the uh, Otto's lab. There's just these little hints, like he's got all the pictures of the rogues like on the wall, and then you can see, you know, as the game goes on, when you go back and visit it, you can see like the designs for the arms starting to come together and stuff like that. And you know, if you know anything about Spider-Man, like even if you've just seen one of the films, you you understand where it's going. Mm. But it's just those, those little hints, especially when you go back and replay it, and you go back to that, and you're like, oh yeah, because he's got those on the wall because he's thinking of breaking them out and. I think one of the most heartbreaking things about Otto is obviously you get to know him and you understand that he's got this degenerative disease that's kind of affecting his mind but it's the game kind of suggests that it's like a sudden thing when really it's already begun and you know that you can't do anything about it it was always going to happen and he's kind of always been planning this in the background yeah he feels kind of tragic like you can tell he's, he had good intentions but even before like the chip even comes into the play you can see like there's a darkness in him. He gets very angry, especially anything about Norman Osborn. Like yeah. he loses his control, 
and the chip obviously kind of exacerbated things and accelerated him towards something far worse. Yeah, there's that bit, isn't it? The weather's the prosthetic arm test goes wrong. Yes, and he, and he loses his shit. Yeah. And like, it, I think the game plays with the dramatic irony of it so well um, with his character. Like you said, Chip, with the the clues around the lab. I remember, like, I missed them the first time round, but when I did my second playthrough for the podcast, I was spotting them more this time. I was like, oh no! So by the time you see like the the arms appear like over the top of the of Rikers as um, he approaches Peter, it just it's such a heartbreaking moment. And it's 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 like just one in a slew of many heartbreaking moments. I think this is <laughs> the most heartbreaking AAA game I've ever played. Agreed. I hadn't really realised that until we started speaking about it as well. It's like, oh yeah, there's you know there's Doc Ock and there's you know Miles losing his dad and then fucking oh, Aunt May dies at the end. I was like, Jesus Christ, this game is uh-huh. this therapy mm-hmm. session after I played this. So I, sad. I did really like how they brought uh, Miles and Peter together through his father. Like, yeah. It felt like a very Peter Parker way of injecting himself into that kid's life because he felt like Peter Parker feels responsible for everything, even when it's not his fault. Yeah. So he'd see this kid who just lost his dad and he'd feel like he could have done more. And that's that felt like a really good way of bringing them two together because obviously they've only just started sharing a universe in the comics, relatively speaking. So mm. this this felt like a good way of bringing them together in a way where... They've always existed in the same universe, and Miles hasn't become Spider-Man yet. And you have that really, really lovely moment at the end when Miles reveals his powers, and then like just the joy on Peter's face when he just shares his secret with him straight away. That is so lovely. I love that moment. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's a yeah. real like sense of relief almost, like in his face yeah. of like, oh, I can tell, I can talk to someone about this. Like someone else knows. And of course, they share that like the loss of a father figure as well. You know, literally Miles's father and also Uncle Ben. So like you can just you can see why peter wants to take miles under his wing mm. and yeah. it's just another thing that that game does so so well yeah I, I love the little bit where they meet they meet early on and spider-man like teaches miles how to throw a punch yes it's such a cute moment because like miles just clocks him on in the jaw <laughs> and peter's, just, <laughs> peter's just proud of him they've only just met and peter's already like feeling like kind of some kind of sense of pride in how he's doing it's, just, it's the, such a lovely interaction. It's something like I can't wait to see explored more. Yes, in the uh, in the sequel. So I haven't played Miles Morales yet, so yeah. I know I don't think Peter's in it. Like, isn't he like away in Europe or something? Oh, he's visiting. Is it um, Silver Sable's home country? Is that where he is? I think I read that. Is that right? Should have checked that before we started recording. Maybe. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, can, <laughs> I, I can tell you if you want. <laughs> like I said, I, um, I've played about two thirds. I wouldn't tell you any, but but I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, he's okay. He's he's not there. He's away. Yay! I was right. <laughs> um, I think all of these aspects are why it was my favourite game of 2018, and that's a year when Red Dead 2 and bloody God of War came out. Jesus Christ, what a year! I mean, I'm slightly biased because Spidey has been my guy since I was a little kid. You know, yeah, and like so, yeah. you know, kid growing up, like it was when I first got into comics was through Spidey, and then when I was a teenager, it's when the Sam Raimi films came out. And then when I got into my 30s, we had uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which is dealing with a Spider-Man in his 30s. And I was going through very similar stuff as him. And I feel like another one of the strongest aspects of this game is it kind of brings all that together. You know, you've got Peter Parker already existing and it just captures everything about Spidey in everything he does. You know, it's not just 
the main focus of Mr. Negative and then the Sinister Six. Like, you know, you're going off and stopping muggins and then you've got to deal with the super criminals and then, you know, Peter can't pay his rent so he has to have an awkward interaction with MJ about sleeping on a couch. Like, it's literally living like yeah, Spidey's but, life, a comic book life. The, and that uh, part, like that one brief level where you have to go and find the stuff that your landlord threw out. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect way of like combining the, the Parker look with the bigger storyline like it never takes the focus away from peter at all ever because i'm kind of like you spider-man's been my guy since i was a little boy i remember i can remember like vividly when i first saw him it was like a little sad little lonely boy in a new school and i didn't know anybody and i I just felt very sad and i just walked over at the bookshelf and i saw the amazing spider-man album uh number 20 tucked between a hungry caterpillar and something else (laughs) It was when he was wearing his black suit and he was fighting Iron Man 2020. I just remember all this stuff very vividly. I didn't know anything about Spider-Man's character, but like I, it stuck with me and I just consumed more and more stuff by him. And the more I knew about him, the closer I felt to him, the more I felt like he, he's always there for me when I need him. He was there for me when I was all alone in a new school and he just kind of he's always there when I'm having a bad time. Like He's the character that like he takes an ass kicking, but... He always gets back up again and keeps trying. And that's something that the game does really well. He, he takes a lot of fucking punishment in this game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Insomniac really nailed that. I was going to say, I think that has always been the genius of the character, really. Not just of the Marvel slate, but a lot of superhero comics. Like any, any medium, I think one of the reasons that Spider-Man has always been up there with, like, among the most popular is just how relatable Peter Parker is. He, he's disastrously living his life like many of the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, again, it's another thing the game gets right, is you get that pure feeling of being Spider-Man. Like, I'm so glad they did go for the original story. And uh, I know, you know, there's similar beats and nods to things that have happened in, you know, other universes for Spidey, but they just absolutely nail Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And, you know, I think a lot of us would be kind of preconditioned to love it just from that. But they just... it. it I would find hard, like, I don't know if I can find any flaws. I was trying to think about this, you know, before we started recording. I was like, I just don't want to wank on about Spider-Man the whole time. There's got to be something I can have a bit of a balanced opinion on. But I don't know. If you want me to give you some negatives, I can. <laughs> okay. No, I don't think one. I do want that. I've got them. <laughs> I mean, I have a couple of niggles. Go Sasha first, though. Sasha got in there. She has negatives. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Which one of you wants to break my heart first? <laughs> Oh, me, please, me. Yeah, go for it, Sasha. <laughs> You're so eager! The, <laughs> the honour is yours. It will come as no surprise because, again, this was another game that I streamed at least the first half of it. So you probably saw some of my frustrations anyway. And this is in spite of the fact that I, I love that you can drop the levels throughout and then put them back up depending on, you know, how frustrating it's getting. But no, some of those Taskmaster side quests oh yeah yeah Fucking oh no don't get me stuck yeah yeah you can fuck off and i'll just add on to that screwball she can fuck off oh. as well i think that's more dlc though oh the, there is the screwball level though isn't it the side mission it's just one level though it's, it's nowhere near as bad the dlc is insufferable oh is it really yeah, yeah. i haven't got to the dlc <laughs> yeah. yet I, you know the, the release of devil's breath mm. i loved how that like it completely alters the game world like, yes and, and and spider-man's relationship with it because for the first half of the game, you're playing it and like Spider-Man's swinging around. Everybody's fine with that. Like the police leave you alone. 
it looks kind of, it just looks like a nice city to get around and then devil's breath's released and it's just this apocalyptic nightmare and you've got these super soldier head cases trying to attack you it's just nothing safe anymore they do a really good job of like using the environment to kind of tell the story a little further and playing that at the beginning of the pandemic where you've got all the signs saying oh, like, stay God. home <laughs> uh, wear a mask i was just like <laughs> wandering around the city like this is cutting a bit too close right now <laughs> i don't like this <laughs> yes there's some some games just hit different now like that and death stranding it's just like oh god yes yeah same with dishonored dishonored has a fucking rat plague oh yeah and like, it does. loads of people die and you're like um <laughs> no yeah. this is not okay and nice. incompetent bureau- bureaucrats and all that stuff <laughs> yeah haha <laughs> what a wonderful time we live yeah, in yeah escapism and new york's been run by fucking norman osborn <laughs> oh christ <laughs> he's such a fucking tory oh such a tory I like how the game plays with the Norman Osborn stuff as well. I Again, the yes. dramatic irony of it. Like, you know where it's going, but the game, I like, there's the bit where you find his secret lab, um, and the game has yes. a lot of fun with, like, the different gadgets and stuff that, that might come into play. Yeah, and all the little hints about Harry and where he is, and, and then you find out at the end that that was a big surprise, that. Yes. They definitely yeah, swerved you on cool that. Twist. Very cool twist. Yeah, really they, cool they, twist. They took something you know, yeah. And also... Just another one of those little heartbreaking moments. Yes. Because you know something's wrong, that Harry's probably not in Europe, but when you learn what the issue, what what's actually wrong, I mean, it, it doesn't at all <laughs> make um, Norman Osborn a sympathetic character in any way, shape or form. But there is that sort of moment of, oh no, shit. Yeah, <laughs> just like constant impending doom is like the feeling I get from this game. Or the, like just everything about it, you just feel like it's mm. not just not gonna go well, like for anyone. <laughs> also, Venom question mark? Yeah, yes. Harry Osborne's Venom. That's like, a really Jesus clever Christ. way of twisting that. Yeah. Yeah, that was such instead a of doing twist. Eddie Brock, I think Harry is a better use than because otherwise they'd have to do Harry as like the Goblin too, and that's just boring. Yeah. Mm. I think this is a really clever way of twisting some, several different characters and breaking and everyone's making heart it their own all over again. Yes, <laughs> again, uh, again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's going to be rough when he when he makes his return. Yeah. So, do you think in the sequel we're going to get uh, obviously Harry Osborn uh, as Venom, but also Oops. Norman as the Goblin, like trying to stop him, and that's why he becomes the full Goblin? Like, do you think Ooh, that's going to be I, a thing? I think I think Goblin's definitely going to be in this. Actually, yeah. 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 I think I think like that the experiments are going to go horribly wrong, as they always do. <laughs> and then we're going to get Goblin and Venom. <laughs> and more heartbreak. Because <laughs> can, we, can we just talk about Art May for a second oh, as well? We're going to have to. I called we're going to have May, to. <laughs> but, like, I cried. Like, every, I played this game three times, and every time that scene, it's like, oh, my God, it's so, so rough. I was in complete bits both times. Yeah. Like, I had to, like, sit there and compose myself after finishing the game and I was uh, the first time I finished it I was home alone which was really good because I didn't need people coming back and just seeing me like tears like streaming down my face <laughs> just like sobbing like oh hi it's the it's the ultimate spider-man moment I think like yeah because he's all like more than any other character he's uh, defined by his losses yeah. as much as his wins he doesn't get to win all the time and sometimes he finds himself in like unwinnable situations and this is like one of them the biggest possibly and you know he's never going to make that choice he's never going to choose aunt may over everybody else 
and Aunt May knows that. Uh, but he, he's still this moment where he is tempted, and then he's he's angry that he he can't make that choice. Oh. He, he knows he can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, that scene, I'm man. getting really emotional. It's just it's pure it's it. it's just pure <laughs> Spider Man. He just he has to oh. he has to take this loss just to help other people. And he knows Aunt May would never forgive him if he did choose her. And the line she has, which is, what is it? Like, I always knew. Oh, oh yes. my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my that, God. That's a, a perfect mirror to the, the Doc Ock scene. Yes. Doc Ock knew, and he, he still used it against Peter. And, like, Peter was so angry that he knew. But when Aunt, you know, when Aunt May found out, he was just, he was worried, as always. He just constantly worrying about his aunt, because he's <laughs> such a good boy. Oh, Peter. I only want the best for him. <laughs> We all do. And just to kind of give us a moment while we're all crying, I will tell you about how I almost fucked up that emotion. Well, I did fuck up that emotional moment because uh, after that scene, you can go and visit Aunt May's grave and with Uncle Ben. <laughs> oh, um, I God. God, did I that accidentally. You did um, it in the underwear skin. I did you? it in the underwear because I was swinging through and I was like, oh, there's a grave. And I just stopped and it went into that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I am the most disrespectful fuck that has ever lived. It's one of the worst things I've ever done. Like, I, I don't know why, like, every month we have a section where I do bad things. Like, who am I? Oh, my God. Is there going to be a game where you haven't done something incredibly inappropriate to somebody? No. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> she raised Christ. you. How could you do that? <laughs> well, she's seen my underpants before. It's fine. One of the things I had when I was playing this game, I was actually reminded of, you know, last month when Bash said about how she finished Arkham Asylum in one weekend because she just loved it so much she couldn't put it down and, you know, you just finished mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite manage that because um, it's a it's a big game. But um, in 2018, when it came out, I was my workplace was literally like a 30-second walk from my flat at the time. So I was so addicted to this game that any time I had some downtime, if it was like, oh, you've got a 15-minute break or like an hour lunch break or anything like that, I would run home. Sometimes I'd have the game run anyway, so I could just literally come home, pick it up, <laughs> do like pick up one backpack or do something very, very small or just swing <laughs> around the city because I just wanted to do that um, and somehow managed to be late back for work a couple of times, actually, because I just had to get to like a certain bit or finish a certain thing off. But yeah, it was uh, I was very much into this game in 2018 and still am. It's still awesome. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> one weekend you finished Arkham Asylum. One weekend. It was an eight-hour game. Yeah, it's not it's the same. Really compare. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I, I just, I just lashed out. All right. I was just. <laughs> so we touched upon uh, the rogues gallery in this game a little bit when we were talking about the story and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you guys would agree with this statement, but for me, Spider-Man has the best rogues gallery next to Batman. Yes. Yes. And this game packs in like a whole lot of them. So I've got a little list here. So we have Kingpin, uh, Bash, sorry, the Shocker, uh, <laughs> Silver Sable, <laughs> Mr. Negative, Black Cat, yes. Screwball, fuck off, Taskmaster, fuck off, uh, Tombstone, Doc Ock, Electro, Vulture, Rhino, Scorpion, and I guess, I don't know, should we count Norman Osborn as well while we're there? He's like impending, isn't uh, he? impending right? yeah yeah he's still he's a, a right he's still be. a bad guy you know he's a he's piece a, of he's, shit yeah yeah and he's a cause of a lot of what happened you know he screwed over martin lee and uh, octavius as well so you know that's a kind of a domino effect on everything that happens and he he came his lab came up with devil's breath didn't he like that was it was yes. his project so yeah yeah fuck norman osborne 
Tory bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about some of your favourite moments with the uh, the rogues. And also we have a question from uh, the Real Biddle on Twitter. And Twitter? Twiddle. Did I say that right? Did I say that weird? Twitter. Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Well, Biddle from Twitter. Well done. Let me, let me, I'm going to have another go at that. Yeah, I would. So we have a question from the Real Biddle from Twitter. <laughs> and they say, uh, leaving all the big hitters for the end, good or bad? Good. 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 Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I think it's uh, the formation of the Sinister Stick is uh, six is pretty great. There needs to be like a build in these things. You can't like you can't walk into Super Mario World and like expect to fight Bowser two levels in. You've got to fight all these shitty little kids first. <laughs> also, like you start with Kingpin. Yeah, you take down yeah. Kingpin first. And and Kingpin, I think of the bad guys you presented with in this game. I mean, I know he's also like a daredevil rogue, but I think Kingpin has more notoriety and familiarity with people, more Mm -hmm. so, other than like the obvious Doc Ock and stuff. Some of those that you mentioned, I think Kingpin's got, is a much bigger bad. And um, I died a lot (laughs) fighting him. (laughs) So in the, in the early, early moments, um, before I I fully got to grips with the controls, I did a lot of just running around and jumping away from him, um, which is apparently the most unlikely tactic as Spider-Man who can swing about and climb walls and shit. But hey, we all have our own methods. Freeform. Freeform. That's a valid method for Spider-Man. It'd be weird for like Batman to do that. (laughs) Yeah, but we established last month, you guys don't know what weird things Batman does, so... Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But yeah, with the... Like with the Kingpin, the Kingpin fight, like that's a really good way to introduce you Spider-Man's like combat. I felt like the second Shocker fight was a lot like Kingpin's, but like mm. in terms of structure, mm. but the layout of the level was very different. So the Shocker one encouraged like swinging around a lot more, and there was more aerial, I mean, um, long-range attacks. So even though they were very similar structurally, they they demanded different skills from you. Which is something I like about all the boss battles in this game. Yes. Like some of them can some of them feel like not quite repeats, but like like riffs on the same idea. Unlike Arkham, which had a lot of very repetitive uh, boss style fights. Yeah, I really like the Kingpin one as well because it drops you straight into the story in terms of where Peter Parker's at and where Spider Man's at. So you realise that, you know, there's a whole history there that you're not gonna see. But it's very clear in their their conversations and their interactions that this is an adversarial relationship that's been going on a while so it's it's again it's that intersection of character and gameplay and then i like i like the fact that mr negative kind of becomes the focus almost as like a he's like a faint before the actual arrival of the sinister six like you think he's going to be the big bad and then obviously all the um doc ock stuff starts creeping in so it's a really good way of escalating the stakes um both personally and physically for spider-man as well yeah i, I wasn't at all familiar with mr negative like I'm, i think i missed him entirely in the comics so like, i really liked how the game established him like him and his alter ego mm. I, I did feel like i understood him by the time the game was done and uh, his his boss battles were very inventively done i mean i think all the boss battles are very well designed and like character yes. first like that's something i always think is important for these yes like, it should be built around the character rather than built around being a boss and that was definitely i definitely got a good idea of who mr ne- uh, mr negative was 
and how dangerous he was based on like just a couple of encounters with him i really like the electro and vulture fight towards the end yes um, so I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement with you guys like i'm i'm okay with like the stick, sinister sticks being the end because uh, it kind of ups the stakes right at the end because you think kind of like oh yeah you know you you defeated mr negative that's fine and then oh shit here come you know and especially if you you've read a lot of the comics and you know how big of a thing the sinister sticks are so I, I i quite like the way that's structured and the electro vulture sort of team up because and then was it you get rhino and scorpion as well yeah. don't you yeah yeah I, I like that one as well but yeah electro and vulture because because you're in the air and you've got vulture coming at you and electro's doing his thing i think i really like the combination of that boss battle as well and it's very challenging and i think again one of the things this game absolutely nails is that feeling of being spider-man and having to use all the skills you've learned and adapt them as well to being in this, yes. you know, being in the air constantly for that battle, web slinging around. I think they just absolutely nailed that boss fight. It's one of my favourite. Any good boss battle should do that. It should be definitely testing the skills you've learned up to that point. And the, having like two like bosses at the same time doing different things. Yeah. So you have to keep constantly adapting mid-fight based on who's coming at you next. It's, it's just a really well-designed idea. The same thing with... Uh, rhino and scorpion they're both doing very different things but it's more ground based i got really annoyed with the rhino one though i must admit because i could not for the life of me time hitting him with things to stun him like i've got the scorpion (laughs) bit nailed that was fine but would rhino stand under the carrier like when i needed him to (laughs) no it was very inconvenient and i got very asked him so nicely as well i know uh, <laughs> so yeah i think the, like, the first time i actually hit him with anything i'd literally like threw the controller i was like yes i did it and then just failed for the next half an hour so <laughs> mixed bag <laughs> um bash what about you what about some of your favorite roguey moments weirdly i don't know other than what you've already mentioned i don't know how much i could say differently really i liked the challenge as they moved forward i did like the sort of the we've touched on it a little bit but it is almost like an unspoken villain in part three which is the sable agents throughout yeah and and to be fair even the prisoners and stuff just everything that fires at you it made the city feel like an antagonist as well because it was really fucking annoying. Yeah. I would get so frustrated. You couldn't get anywhere yeah, you'd be without like, being shot. I'm trying desperately to get to the next like mission. And there'd be Sable agents attacking me. And like, no, just leave me alone. I've got Spider-Man <laughs> things to do. Like, Oh, would you ever like, like just stood in the city, like just for a couple of minutes. Let's say you were just briefly, even just like something silly, like briefly looking at your phone or whatever and then prisoners or table agents would just find you stood randomly in the city and be like, oh for fuck's sake like well, i'm in get, a quiet corner like, just let me just let me stand around you get like mr negative thugs or like fist yeah. thugs like just attacking you and like no i just wanted to high five somebody leave me alone <laughs> yeah yeah special mention for the jetpack pricks as well like oh, they can go with screwball and taskmaster so to fuckery so annoying like you're building up your combo and then all someone just flies at you and you're like, nope, I was doing really well. Oh, they, they drop that, like, the red stuff that, like, freezes yeah. you. Uh, no. Yeah. Not a yeah. fan. I think we, we, we haven't mentioned him as a rogue. And I think we need to just address, A, that Peter Parker is, is a sadist. In that he listens to Triple J and his radio <laughs> show. 
<laughs> bad mouthing him all the fucking time. Honestly, like he's my... tuned his suit into it. And it's it's one of my favorite things, and I I really enjoyed that. If you fail one of the like the street mission type, you know, like just the <laughs> random, the, where J. Jonah James like, well, and this is Spider Man, and he has done a real bad job, and this is why you can't trust him or whatever. And then if he's ever done something right, and he'll be like. So a New Yorker called in and says something nice, and he's like, "Well, get them off the line." Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> enough of you. The fact <laughs> that the game turned um, JJ Triple J. I was going to say JJ, J, and it all went wrong then. JJ 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 Him, Andy, his alter ego. <laughs> yes, yes. Still got, still got proof of this. <laughs> The fact that they turned him into this Alex Jones ranting conspiracy theorist <laughs> is just one of my favourite aspects of the game because it makes so much sense that that's where he'd be at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's brilliant. <laughs> I know on my replay, they, uh, when you play it again, they give you the option to turn that off so you don't have to rehear them. And I was like, mm, no, yeah. they are staying on. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear these. These are amazing. They're very funny. They're so funny. <laughs> like, when he's shouting at the intern about... Um, the amount of awards he's won. Like, no, no, you have to get them right. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably talk about the, uh, the the final boss battle with Doc Ock. I don't want to. It's too sad. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah, well, we'll get to that bit, but, like, just as a boss battle, it's just really well done. It is. For a final mm-hmm. boss. Like, he's so foreboding. I, I love it that it's tiered in different, uh, each iteration changes the challenge and tests different skills that you've acquired, and it's just so tense and you just kind of the story's been so well built that you're just so driven to like get the job done and take him out but he makes it so fucking hard on you yeah the conversations <laughs> that they have like all the way through the fight as well yes it's so heartbreaking it's the best like fight banter sort of thing not not quite banter but you know what i mean the dialogue out of all the boss battles like it's the best because it's the most emotionally driven oh Oh, I can actually throw a negative out. A negative about the game. Oh. I, I can do that here. Right here. Right here. This bit. This is perfect. Uh, so one thing I hate about um, Sony doing Spider-Man, and I think Marvel do it as well when uh, in Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is during the end battle, at some point, Spider-Man has to lose his mask. You have to see his face. And they do it in this as well when his like, new mask gets broken. And I guess they, they want to do that because they want to show the emotion of the scene and how that's playing out, but it happens every fucking time, and it's such a bugbear of mine. And they do it in this game as well. So there you I, go. There's my one negative thing about this. And Taskmaster, I, I think off. in in the movies, yes, I would agree. But in this, I thought it worked because Peter was under the assumption that Doc Ock didn't know who he was. Yeah. So having his face exposed was a real, like, a big fear of his. And then it turned out it was for nothing because he already knew. So I think that I think in this case it worked. Yeah, and I think it makes the portrayal that much more impactful as well because you realise that Otto knew it was Peter he was trying to kill and trying yes. to stop. Um, so yeah, I think thematically it does work in this one. But I agree in the movies, like it, it's useless. Yeah, yes. there's no point. It's annoying. <laughs> I agree with everything you've said. I still hate it. <laughs> if it hadn't, yeah, if the movies hadn't had done it sort of like arbitrarily. In the game, it it like it would just land properly, yeah. but I can see where you're coming from. But in this case, I do think it worked because of what it was setting up. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. But when it happens like on a train, everyone just pretends they haven't seen his fucking face. That's stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think it's time for a conversation that feels a bit inevitable with this game. Uh, it's fair to say that Spider-Man has taken a little bit of inspiration from the game we covered last month, Arkham Asylum. Uh, it has a very similar similar combat system, although it's tailored to Spider-Man. So how do we feel about this? And mm, I hesitate to say blatant rip-off, but, mm, you know, basically. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about the core mechanics in the game compared to Arkham Asylum? I feel blatant rip-off is accurate. But because it does it so well and ties it so well to the character, it is perfectly acceptable and fine. I don't like the word rip-off with games because I think games... I mean, with any art form, you're building on what was done right before. Mm-hmm. And like Spider-Man does that in a lot of respects. Like the, like the web-swinging. Spider-Man 2 did that first. And even Spider-Man 2 has kind of taken ideas from Spider-Man on the PlayStation. So I think Spider-Man taking Arkham combat, it just makes sense because it's just a very good system to build on. And so I wouldn't say it's a, I wouldn't agree it's a rip-off. It's just like it's a oh, good I idea. I don't mean it as and a they're, they're very smart. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's just the, the word, like, it's quite rip-off. It's quite yeah, yeah. harsh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm, I think I'm just laying into the, like, the criticism that some... Not, not necessarily criticism the game gets, but, like, you'll always see people say oh, you know, it's just kind of like Arkham and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, I, I I agree with you. Like, I'm, I think it's perfect. Like, I don't think you could do this game any other way. Like, I think having that kind of like counter button and counter alert that you have and then the attacks and the gadgets, it's perfect for this character. Yeah, you know, it's like movies, you know, nothing is ever original in movies. It's always built upon stuff that's come before, whether it's technology or storytelling or story beats or anything like that. You know, it's someone's always done it before. Yeah. And I, I don't see how you do this game any other way and have it still be as fantastic as it is. As, as far as the comp, like the free flow combat thing goes, I think it, it might make more sense with Spider-Man than Batman because, I mean, with the free flow, there's always the alert that someone's going to hit you just so you can do a counter. Batman has it and it appears in uh, Shadow of Mordor. But with Spider-Man, mm. it's already built into the character with Spider-Sense. Mm. So there's a lot of things. And like the ability to like switch between characters and like move cover like great distances quickly to like keep a combo going it just kind of makes more sense with spider-man it's just that somebody else got to the idea before them and i really love webbing up enemies and swinging them around like that, that yes when you do a per- so much fun. <laughs> like i'm just gonna fling you into a lamppost <laughs> oh yes i'm just knocking people over like you're getting dizzy now motherfucker <laughs> yeah. i will twang you into a tree or doing like a perfect dodge and like just yeah. Hitting them in the face so they're blind. They're like, oh, that's so. Also hitting them with their own gun. That feels like, like just like, dick on the forehead. Like, yep, yeah. have it back. <laughs> it's like he's messing with them, like just having a laugh at their expense. Yeah, which feels very spidey. I do really like that if you knock someone off a building as well, like if you go and find them later, they're still webbed to the wall. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's a nice addition. It's like, Spider-Man hasn't actually murdered 30 people tonight. Uh, you know, he, they, they got webbed to it. Although I do have a few screen, screenshots from like, I remember kicking one guy and he hit like a bollard or a lamppost and he's bent backwards over it, oh. like in yeah. the wrong direction. And it's I was like, like oh, Spidey. Yeah, yes, exactly like that. And I was like, mate, I think if he's not dead, he's definitely been crippled. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> this is not okay, <laughs> Spider-Man. And then, of course, I did like the peace pose next to him. When I took the <laughs> yes, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of Spider-Man, <laughs> I think Spider-Man cripples a lot of people. Like when he does the stealth takedowns, he's always like smashing people's heads against like fucking steel beams. Like Spider-Man, they're normal people. Yeah, the- you're going to give them a concussion. There's no way like 
they're not going to get develop like lasting brain damage of like with how hard they hit some of those lampposts. Like it's definitely a thing. Well, I think the same with Batman then in the Arkham games, like especially because I'm fresh playing Origins as well. Like when he's knocking dudes out, he like he jumps up and like puts his knee onto their heads mm-hmm. and there's a cracking yeah. sound. And I think you're supposed to think, oh, he's just knocked him out, but it's like, no, I'm pretty sure he just broke his neck. Yeah. Bats. Batman also cock punched a lot. <laughs> When, when the game had glitch and then he just punched people in the dick. Like Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man kind of tries to avoid doing that because Peter's a decent person. That's true, yeah. He only accidentally break people in half. Yeah. But, you know, it's accidents. Spider-Man makes a lot of accidents. Just ask Gwen Stacy. Oh! Oh! Wow. All right, Jonah, calm down. <laughs> She's not real. Come on, it's fine. Uh, Bash, how about you? How do you feel about, I guess, kind of the comparison between the gameplay and, and the criticism as well? My opinion is, is is aligned to you guys. It's entirely positive. I think it takes the Arkham formula as other games do. I think it's just the most noticeable because they're both superhero games um, or they're both comic book games or however you want to phrase it. Um, it's it's just very noticeable and especially if you've played them close together. You know, you have the sort of the free flow combat. You have the... I've forgotten what it's called. The stealth. Stealth, yes, thank you. Goodness me. But I think it takes the Arkham formula and it builds on it. It builds on it with the character. It also builds on it with the extra stuff that you can add in. Because I've, I, in Batman and stuff, you, you have gadgets and shit. I mean, that's Batman's whole thing, is gadgets in it. But uh, I did a lot of, in going into combat or going into stealth, I would always change up like my mods, like yeah. what I was doing. Yeah, and and yeah, I and I found one. my set for stealth and I found my set for combat that I just yeah. always flicked between, and you know that's kind of building on the the Arkham model, which wouldn't surprise me to be fair if like the newer Arkham games then took that and then built on that again, you know, for next Batman's and yeah. stuff. I think I think these are just games that they almost evolve together. I guess if a studio is doing something right with games, they're looking at what worked in what came before it that's similar and go, how do we take that and make it work for this? And and I think they did it absolutely spot on. I think it's really hard. It's really easy criticism and it's kind of baseless in a way to say that it's stolen the Arkham formula because, it, it, yeah, it did, but it did it right. Yeah, it built on it. Our official stance then, as the one up pod, is to say Spider Man combat better than Arkham Asylum. That's what we're going with, right? Official statement. We'll put that out. No. Yeah, I, I mean, Arkham, obviously, Arkham's more important, but I think obviously Spider Man's going to have a more refined version of it because it's the most recent. But you can't really, you can't take any of that away from Arkham because Arkham did it and they, they did it perfect the first time. So all Spider Man had to do was adapt it. Chip, I'm not letting you make me choose. I, I, I won't I, do I, it. I, I, I have. I'm just going to write yes. <laughs> so I have like a compromise. I think in the. I think. Just like our Maywood. Oh my god. Where Arkham, like Arkham, it suits that plot very well in that it is just you're plowing through bad guys to get to your objective. Whereas I think in Spider-Man, we've talked about it already, that the gameplay and the mechanics of it is very much tied to the character and the story in a way that you don't necessarily get with Arkham because the plot is almost incidental in a way that it isn't in Spider-Man. So I think that's where it improves it for me, is that it uses the character more um, in relation to the combat. 
very nicely put, very diplomatic, and yeah, well said, Becky. Thank you. So, confirmed one-up pod says Spider-Man is better. Okay, let's uh, move on to our next section. We haven't talked about, like, the most important part of the game, the the web swinging. Oh. Like, getting around the city. Oh, God, I thought you were going to do, like, knees and stuff. I was like, oh, God, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, I mean, we can't ignore, like, the web swinging. No, which is so much fun. Yeah, perfect, It's right? the same thing with Arkham, like, it's taking what Spider-Man 2 did back in the two, PlayStation 2 days, and it's, like, building off that and, like, modernising it, making it smoother. And, like, all the little animation steps that you you make when you're swinging around. It's using the exact same kind of uh, base mechanic of, like, anchoring a web to a, a surface that's nearby. So it's not like it's not like you're firing a web in the air and just swinging. It's, all, it's always kind of very logical and physics-based, but it's just all the little steps, like, all the little animations and the transitions. Like, if you passing through a stairwell or like a, a water tower mm. things like that just brings like syncs it all up together and like it makes you traveling around that city like feel so just natural and aside from when you have to in the game i think there's one bit where it makes you do the fast travel i didn't use it at all because web swinging was just too much fun same um however yeah. much i love the image of spidey on the subway <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah the the web swinging is much more fun it's like one of the unique pleasures of like a good open world game. Like I know Sasha doesn't like open world games, but <laughs> a good open world game should be fun to travel around, yes. even if you're not doing anything in it. Like Red Dead Redemption 2, love riding around on a horse. Yeah. Just like going from place to place. Don't need to do anything in that. Swinging around in Spider-Man is just fun. I've spent like hours just swinging around New York, yeah. occasionally stopping by a stop a robbery, just because Spider-Man would. He wouldn't just swing past going, no, I'm having a nice day, leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and if you wanted to you could just literally walk new york as yes. well you yeah you just get on the pavement have a walk around you know take some pictures with people and that would be a perfectly acceptable it would take you a while but did, it would did, be a perfectly did, acceptable way did to get think around. you were a cosplay spider-man if you did that <laughs> <laughs> unlike me unlike you the real the real, yes, the real spider-man i and it gave me such a yearning to go back to new york as well like you're doing all the landmark spotting and all the photographs and stuff, I was like, oh, especially in the pandemic when travel is not yet possible. Yeah, I got a real wanderlust from this game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the pandemic being over so I can start web-slinging around Sheffield again. <laughs> well, residents of Sheffield know what to look out for with you and your underpants. <laughs> Just me and my underpants going to visit a grave. <laughs> oh, God, please don't. Because you won't even know the person whose grave it is. <laughs> <laughs> the family might show up and see you. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm what are you doing? That would... <laughs> Spider-Man, what does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> like and they just turn around and run away. Looks like you're desecrating my aunt's grave. <laughs> In your underpants. Oh, God. Yeah, um, where were we? Oh, yeah, tr- swinging. Not that kind of swinging. Uh, it's Chip's going to ask the grieving relatives if they want to swing. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, we're getting into defamation now. We're, we're, Jesus we're, we're veering away. Um, anyway, yeah, swinging around. Like Something I really like about him swinging is the way it modulates his voice while he's swinging i don't know if anyone's noticed that i actually haven't that's cool okay so if you know what you know when spider-man's talking in the game yeah when you're playing it if you're standing still he has one voice track where he's talking normally and if you're swinging it switches to a new voice track where you can hear him exerting himself while he's talking Mm. so there's like there's a real strain in his voice and you can hear him breathing a little harder 
it's just a really nice detail of making it just it's another thing that immerses you in being spider-man that's so cool i'd never spotted that the first time i noticed it was really cool because i was just hanging around on a rooftop and i was talking normally to a Yuri, yeah. And then I jumped off and started swinging and I noticed the conversation shifted and like he started talking different. And I thought there's no way the game could have known I was going to do that at that point. So it must they must have recorded two entirely different voice tracks. And then you switch between depending on what your character's doing. It's, just, it's a so brilliant cool. design choice. That's awesome. Like It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I knew that was a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing. It's done so you know? naturally, yeah. Yeah. It just, it just feels like... it. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't draw attention to itself. It just feels natural and like immersive. Well done, game. Well, just to upset Bash, as we like to do on this podcast, um, this is a really big open world game, <laughs> her favourite. Um, okay. There's a lot to do. You know, you've got your side missions, collectibles, puzzles. We, we spoke about the Miles and MJ stuff. Um, there's just a lot going on. Uh, for me, it never feels crowded, you know, like a lot of open world games can do, looking at you, Ubisoft. Uh, but <laughs> I think it adds a lot of variety. Like Still it feels natural. <laughs> We're all hating on Ubisoft. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. fine. I'll share. I have no great <laughs> share the hate. Ubisoft. I would just like, like, no strong feelings anyway. I'd just like to throw that out there. Officially, 1UP Pod hates Ubisoft. <laughs> We've got to get oh, this out of our system no, no, before. No, no. But yeah, I think, I think they really build the world correctly in a way around spider-man that is his world um and it's interesting as well because we had a question on twitter from at liam the mason who says uh whilst the open world is amazing to look at i found a lot of the side missions repetitive should this have been more linear game and then open the city up after the final battle for the extras so yeah how do you <laughs> two very different opinions there um where do you guys fall in the uh discussion about the open worldness of spider-man bash i'm gonna go to you first as the resident hater of open world <laughs> games it's it's really hard as how I <laughs> frame this has been like because generally it's not that I hate open world games so much as I am largely put off by open world <laughs> games. Yeah, because you hate them. No, no, no. <laughs> so I think Becky, you once described it as small map open world, which I think yes seems apt. So it never felt open world really until I started doing mop up for the for the platinum. Uh, for the 100%. I actually, I think as well, because I have such a love for the character, I mean, last last month I talked about Batman being, where you guys talked about Spider-Man being your guy, Batman was like my guy, that was my first comic book character. But Spider-Man was like my first comic book character that wasn't, out. that was outside of DC. I'd only read DC comics before I picked up Spider-Man. And there's a lot of love there too so I think it was it was really easy for me to just just swing about and collect stuff I am I I do like collecting things that really feeds into that kind of I don't know what the word is but you know just that kind of obsessive kind of going through things and I was I was really disappointed when by the third act when police and sable agents and prisoners and everyone was just out to get you all the time because prior to that I was completing all of the side stuff between each, like, story mission. I would completely clear down a district, so, I, you know, I would do all of the crimes. Uh, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean. I would, <laughs> I would address all of the crimes, and I would do all of the um, bases, and whatever else. I'd collect all the backpacks, and 
I, I did all of the stuff that wasn't the next story mission, you know, as much as I could. And then it was only by Act 3 where I was like, oh, fuck, I can't cope with being shot at all the time. So then I ended up just blasting through the story and then I could do the mop-up afterwards. Um, but I actually really enjoyed doing it that way too because it meant I was kind of overleveled for a lot of the bosses, which was probably good for me because I can get easily frustrated. <laughs> like, not like rage quit or anything like that. It's it's genuine, generally frustration at myself. But, you know, because I'm aggressively mediocre at games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> Sounds like something I would say about you in a mean way. <laughs> I, like... I try to do everything on like whatever the medium standard level is and I'm very much a you know a advocate for easy mode is good and drop down but mm-hmm. also like I don't like if I just cannot do it at all on a medium level like if I can't even attempt it. It actually worked really well for me. I'm not saying you're gonna ever convince me on certain open world games. I'm really sorry Becky but I am looking at Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> and and the witcher 3 sorry chip because i know you like that one and <laughs> um right. i'm i'm yeah um, i don't know that i'll be looking to do i'd just like to say red dead redemption 2 way smaller than the witcher 3 map wise <laughs> <laughs> I, hey next two episodes red dead and witcher 3 <laughs> i think the only open world game i ever played that i love was fallout 4 and i just don't think i have like the patience for it anymore you know maybe that's a lifestyle thing now but you know i think some of that plays into it as much as anything but this it felt open world without ever being overwhelming Mm. yes i'd agree with that i feel like i i this is the place where i would say something negative about the game yes oh i do think there's certain bits that i I like the backpack stuff i like the photo landmarks but i do think the game has the ubisoft problem Ooh. I can't trash Ubisoft's open world design without and not criticise Spider-Man for doing the same things. Like, the unlocking watchtowers to access the map properly. That is complete horse shit in the context of Spider-Man. <laughs> He's a lifetime New Yorker. He shouldn't need to go to a fucking watchtower to find out the layout of a city that he's lived in his whole life. This isn't Far Cry 3, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and even that makes it tedious. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, there's a there's a, a noticeable bloat in the uh, side quests. Like the research stations are boring as fuck. <laughs> the, their only real value is adding to Harry's character. I don't think they're fun to play. The Taskmaster stuff is definitely tedious. Uh, it's just, there's there's stuff in the game they could cut out and make a much leaner open world experience where you are travelling around. You're doing like I like doing some some of the stuff's good, but the stuff that they've added. For the sake of trying to add value, and I don't think it adds value. I skipped all of that stuff, like when I played my this time around. Yeah, I think I would agree. And like I, whilst I enjoy doing all the stealth stuff at the bases, um, having kingpin bases, then having Mister Negative bases, then having Sable bases, then having prisoner camps, like it just it was all sort of the same thing over and over again and they do switch it up in terms of like the challenges per one but i really yeah. enjoyed the individual side missions where you went off and did like weird things like you were chasing around a pigeon around central park um or like you're <laughs> trying to help out um a woman who's spying on people like i i enjoyed those much more because there was a bit more variety to it and it felt like yeah. friendly neighborhood spider-man 
um, rather than yeah, the, the character's character stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's not just it's not arbitrary like side stuff. Yeah, and the and the Taskmaster stuff we've already said it was just frustrating as hell, and it just felt like like Andy said like a lot of filler. Um, so I loved I loved the traveling around New York. I loved the backpacks and the landmark stuff as well. That to me felt more in keeping with Spidey as a character. You know, with the photography. Um, also the backpacks like of lovely little character details all the way through and yes. history of the character yeah, yeah. so that felt very organic but the lengthy side missions the, uh, not side missions like the the thug missions and the crimes around yeah. new york just it, it just got a bit too repetitive especially on the second playthrough i think um because obviously you need the tokens to unlock suits and things so it starts becoming a bit more of a grind than necessarily enjoying the story of it. You know, I hadn't really thought about this before we started recording, but I kind of agree with that because I skipped um, all the... Because I did New Game Plus when I played this again, so I had all the suits and upgrades and stuff like that already. So I skipped the bases. I skipped the like the crimes that happen randomly because I didn't really need to do those. Skipped the, the, tower, um, the Harry Osborne things, the, yeah, the, the, um, the towers stations. there. And all the, all the collectibles as well. I didn't do the backpacks, um, or the puzzles that you do in the lab. I didn't do any of that. And I think what I hadn't really thought about it is I just wanted to do the main story when I was replaying it for this. But I first time around, I really loved the the pictures of the landmarks and the backpacks especially. Yeah. Because I think, like Becky said, they build that Marvel universe around. You know, when you find like the Avengers Tower yes. and uh, Doctor Strange's house and Jason's that sort of thing. And Jessica like, Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Yeah, like, yeah. Agency and stuff. And you find like Murdoch's law offices and that sort of thing. I think that's really cool, and I really enjoyed those. Um, but yeah, I didn't do those again second time around. So I guess I have another thing, and have another divs I can say about the game is that I agree, especially with the tower stuff, because that is yeah, it's very a, it's Ubisoft. A Ubisoft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But one thing I would, the hill I would die on is the puzzles in Otto's lab. Fucking love yeah. those. I would, I would play a game that was just those. They're, They're so very uh, Bioshock hacking style. Yeah. That's what I like about them. Yes. That's yeah, very similar, are. less less uh, high pressure, but and I like the way they used them to tell you that something was wrong with Otto's implant. Yes, they use it as mm-hmm. part of a storytelling thing. You can skip like a lot of it if you want to, but when it's necessary in the game, it's got a story purpose. It's not just there to like take up time. Yeah, and I, I felt like a scientist when I was <laughs> doing them. I wish I'd had a lab coat that I could have put on while I was playing them. I think that would have added a lot more. Over your underpants. <laughs> <laughs> that's only when I visit graves, apparently. <laughs> you could have science yeah, underpants. Otherwise, it'd be weird. <laughs> a lab coat and underpants and a Spider-Man mask just visiting some random grave. I'm going to get arrested. Yes, yes you are. It's yeah. amazing you haven't yet. Am I allowed to say something that is, it, it references an improvement with the Miles Morales game, which is, gives nothing away in story or anything, but it's something that really highlighted an issue with the European no, world absolutely, yeah. in Spider-Man. Yeah. I'll allow it. Which was... Having played, um, like I say, I'm about two thirds of the way through. It is a considerably shorter game. You know the the crimes, just the generic crimes, and you have to do like five in each district of each kind. Yeah, like mm-hmm. every time, don't you? And there were times where I noticed that I would just kind of be swinging around a district, waiting for one to come up because it'd be like the last thing I need to clear that district. They were always the last thing because they just didn't seem to naturally pop up enough for mm. me. 
they pop up so much more naturally and frequently in the Miles Morales game. So there's it, it doesn't seem like there's like a minimum wait time. If you were like me and trying to collect everything and hundred percent it, you literally would. I literally would just wait around in a district until the next one would pop up because yeah, especially towards the end when you finish the story and you are just doing mop up, it's a bit like, well probably not going to come back to this district if i can help it so i need a muggin <laughs> like, please anyone yeah <laughs> one muggin please <laughs> will someone just get kidnapped like come on this city is too safe i'm bored yeah so that's a thing and it'll also come as no surprise if when playing on playstation 5 that the fast travel is seconds <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't even yeah. get a cutscene of Miles on the train because it's that quick. Oh no, I kind of want that. No, we'll, no, we'll find out eventually so when we can get hold of a fucking PlayStation Five. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but no, that that, so that was something that really stood out to me. Then after playing bits of that and then going back to, you know, this Peter Parker, the the only Peter Parker in video games for me, by the way. Side <laughs> Oh god, don't get me started. <laughs> Wait till you experience it. It's jarring. But um yeah, it, it, it was the one thing that like just seemed a bit more natural. Like they they they've improved that a little bit at least. Uh, as you know, cuz I don't love open world games, I don't have much to compare it to. <laughs> um and I guess Because you hate them. The thing of absolutely they're repetitive and it was repetitive and it did feel like a grind at times. But no more of a grind than, like, say, something like Persona 5 or, you know, like, JRPGs where you do a lot of there's elements of grind in them. I don't know. I think that's why I, mean. I don't find it overwhelming. I did find it repetitive, but it never got to a point where... Um, I found the bases the most frustrating. Yeah. Especially the ones that had the ones where it was, like, to get the most tokens. And, and as you said, like, I think the base tokens were the one where you would have had to collect them all to collect everything suits and mods-wise. Where it was just like so fucking frustrating, the one that's like get a combo of 75. Yeah. And I think there was one time where, oh, was it 65? And I got to 63. <laughs> and then it wasn't even that I got hit, it's just that I'd taken out that wave and the next wave hadn't spawned yet, oh, no. and my combo just dropped. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I, I didn't love that aspect of There was nothing quite like sulkily quitting it and going back in and be like, freaking do that again then it's fine just to go back to the original question actually like i i wouldn't say i'd want a more linear game though and to open the city up no. afterwards because i think we've we've touched on it before the the decay of the city after the devil's breath release is such a key part of the atmosphere of the game that I wouldn't want to lose that aspect of it. And yes, it's frustrating as hell when everyone is trying to attack you and you can't go anywhere without being shot. But it's it's all part of that immersion of, you know, where Spidey is at that particular part of the story. So whilst I would like less of the like the repetitive stuff, I wouldn't want to lose that open world aspect for the rest of the game. Yeah. That's that's where I am as well. Like the open world is so important to immersing yourself in Spider Man, like his whole world, because he's just he's a big New York kid. He he's just he's the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. He's he needs to be in neighborhoods. Yes. 
it's, it's not a problem about the open world. It's just about what's in there. And there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't really need to be in there. You could cut a lot of these side things out and the game would still be just as good because I skip it and I don't really miss any of it. I'm still getting a great game and a great world to explore. Well, on that point, I feel like, you know, specifically New York, uh, for me, it feels like the realest city I've ever played a game in. Like, it, it really feels alive. Mm. <laughs> I could believe that any of the NPCs were just, like, you know, living their lives. That like if you just followed them, they'd go off to work, and then they'd come home a few hours later. Like, I loved exploring it, and, yeah, we touched upon finding the backpacks and stuff like that. Like, I think that's why a lot of those issues hadn't really occurred to me, you know, with the towers and that sort of thing, just because I was like, I just love being in the city, um, and I, I loved the photo mode. Like, I spammed the fuck out <laughs> of that. If you look at my social media from 2018, it is just pictures from this game. <laughs> yeah, I think people got a bit sick about it because it was like, oh yeah, like oh this looks really cool, and then just like no interaction with it afterwards because they're like, shit, for fuck's sake, just stop it. We get it. We like you like the game, okay? We understand. What you're saying is, um, your your friends and followers are not um, J. Jonah Jameson. They weren't looking for pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. Well, I mean, look one of your, them is now. I'm going to look for your archives. <laughs> I, I loved Photo Mode as well. I loved. Uh, I used it one time as Mary Jane when the, the the demons were running at me and about to like catch me, and I switched to Photo Mode really quickly. So she's doing the peace signs while these two thugs are running at <laughs> behind her. <laughs> and it, was, it was the funniest thing I'd ever done. And as well, oh, I'm never going to top that in this game. This is this is my yeah, favorite. Flexing thing. over like beating people up and just having them trapped in webs, hanging over lampposts and stuff like that is uh, it's 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 a good move. It's a dick move. But it was so enjoyable. And the city's so pretty as well. Like, the design... Yeah, and like yeah. I know, oh, obviously, yeah. New York is a city that's stunning to look at anyway. But I think, like, any time of... Like, whether it's at night or the sunset was my favourite time. Sunset, yes. Because everything oh, just looks so beautiful. And photo mode was great. Mm-hmm. But I just enjoyed, like, wandering around and taking mm-hmm. in the sights. And I've never been to New York, but I feel like I don't need to now. No, you need to. Yeah. No, no I don't. I was like, <laughs> I can't swing around it, Becky. It's not going to be the same. Go visit but... some graves in your underwear. Like, have a full experience. <laughs> well, we have one more question from Twitter. Uh, this time it's from Orange Light PC, who says, uh, "What would you like to see in the sequel?" And I know we kind of, yeah, we 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 touched upon this a little bit when we were talking about Venom and uh, maybe the Green Goblin as well. Like, if they were the two main antagonists, and it was almost like a triple threat between them i'd be quite happy with that and i think since we've been talking that is exactly what i want to see but um andy what would you like to see from the sequel uh i'm not going to go for a story thing because we've already talked about that a little bit but uh, mechanically i'd like them to do something like in gta 5 where you can switch between peter and miles like like just by the touch of a button and like you could you either jump in across the city like to see what they're doing or if you're both in a combat situation, it can be kind of like Arkham Knight, where you can switch to the other character and like keep the combo going, but fighting in a different way, and like switching between the two characters in the middle of fights. Uh, it's just, that's it's such something, a cool idea. I feel like if you're going to be playing both characters, and that seems to be the way they're going to go, now that they've introduced Miles as an actual Spider-Man, it, it, you need to be able to like, play both of them and possibly have the option to like switch between them when you feel like, not just when the story says... That's I love that. Yeah. Like that's what I want. I'm gonna be so disappointed if that's not a thing. Um and then you could build upon it. Like you could actually do like Spider Verse as well, because then you could have like Spider Gwen come in or something like that and just have Oh yeah, I want this, I need this, Insomniac, I hope you're fucking <laughs> listening to this. Where's the, where, where's the type mind chat? God damn it. <laughs> 
no, Sasha, I want you to go and picket their offices until we get this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go picket their offices. This is my picket of the week. <laughs> uh, oh, we on need a one side, Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Man sequel. And if you flip it round on the other side, Jessica Drew in the Spider-Man sequel. Uh, so I want Spider-Gwen and I want Spider-Woman. I want them both. Okay, can we get Nick Cage's uh, Spider-Noir oh as well? Yes. But only if it's played by Nick Cage. <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah, it has to be Nick Cage version. Yeah. Well, if you're doing that, then Spider Ham, played by John Mulaney. <laughs> Is this just turning into a shattered dimension? Like, and also, can we get Chris Yeah, Pye? but with this game. Just because. <laughs> and also Jake Johnson. Basically that cast in a Spider-Man game. <laughs> That's where I'm going to go. <laughs> and, and so Mars, what we want Spider-Man is an entirely Jim different game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Do we just want to watch Into the Spider-Verse? Is that what's going <laughs> yeah, on think, here? Yeah, Always. I think we might do. Always <laughs> and forever. I think we just need to... I'm just going to load up Netflix now. Yeah. Have, let's have a watch party. Yeah, the next two hours of this podcast is just going to be our reactions to that. <laughs> but yeah, legit, like, I would I would love to see Spider-Woman and Spider-Gwen in it, particularly. They are very important characters, certainly to my experience of, you know, hmm. spy, not even Spider-Verse, not even altered universes, just, you know that just spider-man universe just like the standard one and i think it's amazing that we've got like miles morales now yeah i would love to see gwen stacy properly given her, her due in the game and yeah i would definitely love to see i mean mm-hmm. that comic book cover where she's pregnant in the spider woman suit and stuff like mm. fucking badass that's very cool give me that uh becky any any things you'd like to see in a sequel yeah, so uh, kind of on the same theme as Bash, actually. Like, I know Felicia gets um, a DLC, but I'd love to see more of her in the main game. Ooh, playable? Absolutely. Ooh. Because, uh, well, so my relationship with Spider-Man began with the 90s cartoon, and me and a guy called Cameron used to play Spider-Man in the playground, and he was always Spider-Man, and I was always Felicia. So um, she's always been my fave. <laughs> so I'd love for her to appear more, and yeah, as a playable character. And also more MJ levels and for her to do a bit more than just sort of stealth about and use gadgets. That would be hmm. quite cool um, if you could play as MJ um, a bit more often. I'd like that. Yeah, maybe doing like some reporting or something like investigating. Yeah, that would be quite it would cool. be very cool. And more levels with her working with Peter as well. I think that would be very yes. fun. Well, Insomniac, there is our pitch. We hope you take all of our notes on board. <laughs> if Otherwise not, I'm not Sasha, we'll be picketing every week outside your offices until we get what we want. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and and one more thing I want from the sequel. I want the original Peter Parker's face back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking yeah. hate the remastered. For yeah. he is awful. And no offense to the yeah. guy who's playing him now, but that is a he 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 emotes less than a fucking potato. <laughs> He's absolutely awful. When you see him side by side with the original, the original was amazing, and that's why you you care so, so much about Peter. Mm. He's, yeah. he's such it's such a good performance paired with like. Yuri Lowenthal's like voice acting, but that new face is just—it's just because he looks a bit like Tom Holland. That's the entire such reason they've done it. It's such a it's, shame. It's so annoying. I do—I do hope they fix that, but I guess they won't. They probably mm. won't. Sony probably said oh. to do it. Boo, Sony! I don't okay. like you having the Spider-Man. So license. we're gonna have to go and pick it, Sony, as well. I'm always That's picking fine. Sony. <laughs> They're always doing something stupid. But I like to think it's just Sasha, though. So, I mean, where do we send her first? Insomniac or Sony? <laughs> I feel like Sony first. Well, hang on. I still got... <laughs> well, Insomniac worked for Sony, so... Have you not done your Lego Batman one yet? Come on. Maybe we need to get some kind of schedule together. <laughs> Pick up your picketing. Like, Mondays is Lego Batman. 
Tuesday's Spider-Man, but Insomniac. Wednesday, Spider-Man, but Sony. Perfect. Have a good week, Sasha. <laughs> so we've reached the end of our Spider-Man podcast. Um, so just going to get some final thoughts from everyone. Like, personally, I don't know if you're about to pick this up from this episode, but I adore this game. Like, it's easily one of my favourite games of all time, and not just because it's Spider-Man. I think they just absolutely nail, like, everything peter is about like his kindness his hope the idea of great power the quips like it's all there and i think you know as well as the mechanics and the story that is something that you really need to get down for a great spider-man game and this game does it and i love it i think like it's important to note like unlike arkham where like they had to basically scrap everything that came before and try something new this game was coming from a long lineage like 46 other games that were trying things and failing a lot of trial and error and i think this game learns from its mistakes as much as its successes in the past so it's a lot like spider-man in that sense it's just a constant evolution learning from what worked learning from what didn't work and that's why it's the most polished and like cohesive version of the game possible but i also can't wait to see how they improve upon it it's probably the most fun i've had playing a game for a really long time like just in terms of sheer enjoyment levels um, so if the sequel and the Miles Morales game can capture even like half the amount of fun I had playing this, then I will be very happy. And I can already tell I'll be playing this game a lot in future. It'll be a go-to for sure. Same. Same but different. <laughs> but the same. Perfect. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I guess I better do a recommendation then as the host of this month. Would you believe it? I'm going to recommend the comic book. No. I don't Never. know if you saw that coming or not. And you? The comic book, <laughs> the comic book I'm going to recommend is a Batman one. No, that's no, not. It's a Spider-Man one. <laughs> How did I know? That would have been I, a surprise. <laughs> that would have been a surprise. But, you know, you know me. I'm not very full of surprises. Oh, I didn't very know predictable. about that. Unless, unless you turn up at a graveyard. But no, you will expect that now, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're going to watch out for him turning up somewhere else in his underpants. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you have any funerals to go to, don't tell me. That's <laughs> great. So, my recommendation for this month is the Spectacular Spider-Man issue number six by Chip Sadarsky, another Chip. Everyone who is a Chip is an excellent person, apart from when they're, you know, killing children or telling up to the graves and <laughs> underpants. And this is a single issue that I wanted to recommend that I think everyone should read. It's a fairly recent one, came out a couple of years ago. And, you know, it goes back to where we were talking about uh, Jonah and his rants about Spider-Man in the game. And, of course, you know, through the years and years of the comic books and the bugle and other things. Uh, in this issue, Spider-Man agrees to do a one-on-one interview with Jonah. And it's a fantastic issue because that is all the issue is. It's just their conversation. So it's like my dinner with Jonah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you learn more about Jonah and kind of hear that impotent rage that he has with regards to Spider-Man. And they, they chat, they quip, they fall out. And the way it flips at the end where Jonah kind of has this breakdown and you realize what he's lost in his life and how he's kind of, you know, acting out. And Spidey sees his loneliness and recognizes that. So I won't say how it ends, but for me, it's one of the most like emotional and personal and funny issues as well of Spider-Man that I've ever read. So it's Spectacular Spider-Man uh, number six by Chip Zdarsky. Go read that and then come tell me what you thought about it because I really want to talk about it with people. 
Uh, well, that's going to do it for this month. If you're here and listening, like, thank you very much. We really appreciate that if you've made it this far again. Um, if you are enjoying what you've heard and you know you want to help us out a little bit, there's a couple of different things you can do to do that. You can uh, leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice if it allows that, because apparently like Spotify doesn't. I didn't know that was a thing. But yeah, if you can, leave us a rating and review. It really helps us. It helps us get high, seen higher in the charts the more reviews and stuff like that we have. So yeah, please consider doing that. Um, you can give us a share on social media. Just tell everyone how awesome we are. You know, lie if you have to. That's absolutely fine. Um, maybe tell a friend who likes video games or Spider-Man or like even if they hate those things, just tell them anyway because maybe they want to get angry and come yell at us. That works for us as well. You know, we still get the listens and stuff like that. That's really good. Um, and of course, if, you, if there's anything you want to come and say to us, yell at us, whatever it is, um, you can find us on uh, Twitter and now Instagram, apparently. We are at OneUpPod on both of those devices. You can find me on Twitter. I am at the Chip Thompson, and I'm also on Twitch at uh, Chip Thompson's Thumbs. And um, Bash, where can the people find you? The people can find me at Bash at Demonhead. Think Clash at Demonhead from Scott Pilgrim, but Bash, and that is. Don't <laughs> spell it wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't spell it wrong. And that's anywhere where you would find social media or streaming. Oh, uh, Twitch. Becky, where are you hiding on social media? Not really hiding. But you can find me at Becky Gracely on Twitter and Instagram, and that's L-E-A. And Andy, if somebody will want to sell you pictures of Spider-Man, where they can find you? <laughs> well, first thing, if you do come and yell at us on the uh, Twitter account, it will be me that responds to you, and you don't want that. <laughs> uh, Yay, let's end on a threat. <laughs> yeah, I had to get one in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, truly underscore defective, if you dare. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, folks. Um, We'll see you next month where we're going to be covering Final Fantasy VII. So it's otherwise going to be known as the episode where Andy and me just cry lots. (laughs) So look forward to that. (laughs) And until then, remember to get a life and play video games.